0: It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did On Giants.com. You
1: know
2: what I saw?
1: New York Giant Prime and the Giants Mobile App. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's
3: go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants Mobile App. John Schmoke, Paul Dottino with you. The phone number is 973-667-1960. It's all part of the Giants Podcast Network. are just presented by Investors Bank. And, of course, every Thursday before home games this year, even on, I'll call it a quasi-holiday New Year's Eve, we're joined by Super Bowl champion and Giants legend, quarterback Phil Simms, who's an analyst for CBS. And it's presented by Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug and T proudly. Phil, welcome back to the show. Hopefully not our last talk this year, depending on what happens this week. Hope you had a great Christmas and Happy New Year.
4: Yeah, same to you guys. Yeah, that would be really an unbelievable ending to the year for the Giants if they do make it. And let's remember, there are no holidays during the football no. season. Okay?
0: <laughs> you all tell there it, are Bill. just
4: interruptions in what we want to do. So Yes, did you enjoy Christmas? Yes. All I was thinking of I need to get to work. <laughs> and that's tonight. You know, I'm working I'm trying to do everything this week just not to get into all this. Because tomorrow night, when I sit down, or tomorrow afternoon, I want to watch the bowl championship games and not be worried about. Well, am I gonna? What am I gonna do on Sunday Have I finished all my work? All this, so you know, it's a great time of year for that. That's for sure. And look forward to the games this weekend, the playoff games tomorrow. It's just great to be a sports fan.
3: Well, Phil, you got a virtual playoff game between Giants and Dallas. Yep. Obviously, they they both need some help from Washington on Sunday night. We could talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Your thoughts here on on where these two teams are heading into this game. It appears as though Dallas is one straight, three straight. They're on their way up. Giants have lost three straight. But I think if you look at how these last three games have gone for each team, to me, this is a coin toss, you know, toss-up type of game, Phil. And and frankly, whichever team makes fewer mistakes and protects the ball is probably going to win.
4: Well, listen, uh, I hope it's a a flip of the coin. I hope it's that even and everything. Um, I think it can be. It'll be interesting to see how each team approaches it. You know, the one go- great thing going for the Dallas Cowboys, they are playing a little better on defense. Yep. That's what they got to look at. Um, their Andy Dalton has proven that when you have a good football team, or, you know, you, they thought they were going to be Super Bowl contenders, you go out and buy insurance, so that has helped them too. He's really into the groove and settled in and got enough playing time now where he's back to what he was. With Cincinnati, so that, the wide receivers, it'll just be interesting to me, the matchup I want to watch is the Cowboys offense. Well, I want to see both. I shouldn't say that. The Cowboys offense against the Giants defense and how the Giants approach it because that wide receiving core for the Cowboys, it's real. It's good. I'm not saying it's the best in the league, but you can argue it. It's right there with the top two or three for sure.
2: You know, Phil, you mentioned Andy Dalton, 377 yards last week. He looked razor sharp. His receivers are just clicking on all cylinders. Now, they're talking about potentially 70% chance of rain, 40 degrees on Sunday. How much of an impact do you think that would have on the game?
4: Well, rain's always a little bit of a factor, I think, to quarterbacks. But not like it used to be. If it's not windy, I think they'll be able to handle it just because I think the footballs are in such great condition uh, now that they grip better, absorb the water, things like that, that won't hurt the quarterbacks too much. Now, Daniel Jones has been up here long enough. I'm sure he's practiced in the rain and a lot of wind and bad weather uh, over these uh, last two years. And Andy Dalton played in Cincinnati. I saw him and did probably two or three games where it rained the whole game. And, yeah, maybe he didn't throw it exactly like he wanted to, but he still threw the football pretty well. He handles the bad weather, too. So uh, I hope it's, the rain is not a factor in the game. I want to see the best team win, who executes the best and all that. And I don't want it to be because the football slips, can't handle it the way you want, all those things. And quite honestly, I don't think that will be a big problem. I think the teams will handle it well.
3: Yeah, Andy Dalton has played a lot of games in Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Not exactly what I would call paradise, Phil. So I, I think well, you're, <laughs> you're, you're right. I think and you'll know, be listen, okay.
4: I grew up near in Louisville, near Cincinnati, <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's rain is a common thing. And it, it comes on you quick down there in the Ohio Valley or whatever. So in high school, college, man, I played in more of my share of rain games, which, you know, you hate. But uh, it's going to be interesting. The the Cowboys are kind of on a roll. The Giants, can you turn it around in one week and get everything and the momentum and the confidence in all one week? The answer is yes, you can. Get off to a good start, and we'll see a game that's going to go to the end to see who wins.
3: Phil, this is a question from one of our fans at Anastasia026. What are the realistic chances that the Giants can go score for score with Dallas given the Giants have only scored 26 points? In their last three games, you know, is this a deal with the Giants? Are going to have to put up 27 in this game to win? Uh, How do you think this Giants offense can match the Cowboys offense?
4: Well, uh, they can't match it. You know, that's 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 you know. So it's coming down to the defenses. The Cowboys do make mistakes on defense. Sometimes they get over aggressive. Uh, They're very generally. You know, not every game. Most games are extremely undisciplined up front. Everybody goes for the kill. Gaps everywhere. (laughs) What's that?
3: Gaps everywhere. Gaps
4: everywhere. But like I said, it has gotten a little better. And they're trying to, you know, they're trying to take an option quarterback and make him a drop-back quarterback. That's what they really have tried to do, and it's just not working that way. Mm. But to me, the Giants need to win a grinded-out, boring game and just withstand the Cowboy onslaught on offense. And, you know, as I've watched both teams, and this is what I think when you play the Cowboys, if you, the Giants like to play zone, we know that. Safety in the middle is probably the predominant one they play. But I would dare the Cowboys to run. That's what I would do. I would keep my secondary back and just say, go ahead, run it. No extra guys up there and and count on one of the strengths of your team and they gotta come through is the defensive front for the Giants. They have to be outstanding against the run. If they do that, that really changes the game and I think they're capable of that. This Cowboy offensive line is not the one we've seen in years past. It's got some holes in it and you can you can win that battle. And I think that's really important. That many like Kansas City. People play Kansas City and they just go, All right, we're all back here. Run the ball. And let's see if you have the patience to stay with it and things like that and make it work. And, again, I think the Giants are built to play this kind of game and play a little game of chicken with the Dallas Cowboys. And if they do, I'll be really interested to see the outcome.
2: You know, Phil, we all know that, that the game is won and lost in the trenches. And I think equally on the other side of the trenches, this Giants offensive line has not particularly pass-blocked very well the last few weeks. No. They also haven't really run the ball very well, giving those guys very many holes either. What can you see that would give Giants fans hope that the line will perform better against Dallas's front, which seems to be picking up some steam now that Randy Gregory's getting more snaps?
4: Yeah, I listen, you know, when you look at – I look at the Dallas Cowboy front and just go, my gosh. And, and I know it's a lot of great names and everything, but when you look – Randy Gregory coming around, Demarcus Lawrence. They got the rookie from Oklahoma. Neville Gallimore,
0: mm-hmm. who I really
4: like coming out in the draft, very active, athletic, all that. Then they got Tyrone Crawford. I just go Alden Smith and whatever. I just, it's, it should be borderline outstanding. It's not. So the hope for the Giants is that it's a big game. It's emotional for them. And guys do things they're not supposed to do. You know, it's, all, it's always like this. It's like the Pro Bowl. Hey, guys, we need to play the run a little on the defensive front. Yeah, don't worry, Coach. We're going to stop the run. The game starts, <laughs> hey, who cares? Skip the quarterback. They don't care. Run for 50 yards. We don't care. We want to get a sack and be the MVP and all that stuff or whatever. And, you know, that kind of explains the Cowboys a little bit. Too aggressive sometimes up front. to get out of position.
0: And if they do,
4: that's, that's going to be a good thing for the Giants. So we'll see if the Cowboys can um, – We'll see which team we get, but also really interested to see what team we get from the Giants. I would think Daniel Jones is one more week ahead of where he was last week, and he's going to have to be, man, he's going to have to do it. I think there's a really lot on his shoulders, uh, I think, to win the game, that he's going to have to be moving, throw the ball, and and make good throws, stuff like that, and and really be... Um, what's the word for it the catalyst of whatever for the football team more than ever I, I really believe that too and I think he can this is not a great secondary you know they they struggle too so give him a little time make those throws if running lanes open up as we've talked about so much this year run if he that leg is well I heard him say it's not he's not the best but if it's good enough limp for five yards <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's That running is really, really important. Even if it's only three and four yard games, it's still, you know, instead of throwing it away, it's still a big difference. And, you know, when I did games, I'd say this people go, Wow, why are you always talking about that was a good two yard game? Because it was a two, good two yard game. You, you just got to understand that. It, it's. You know, we're not playing Canadian football. We're second downs everything. You know, Phil,
2: it's funny you say that because a four-yard quarterback scramble is great on third and three.
4: Well, exactly right. It it does many things. It it does no matter what you do. After one or two or three little scrambles, the defensive line is going to get yelled at. And all of a sudden, it slows them down, too. And uh, so it's not only that. Here's the other thing. It's a big game. They're all big games in the NFL. But I could cite many examples around the league this past week, which drove me crazy, is one, you when you want success and you're looking for greatness, you got to take chances. And, you know, not stupid chances, but you got to play with a little bit of abandon and knowing that you're right on the edge. If I fall over, it's over, or I'm on the edge of greatness. And that's where you got to find that line. I always heard that from Bill Parcells. Don't try to be perfect. Get right to the edge where you're almost out of control because that's when you're the best you can be as an athlete and as a player. And, of course, just play the play. You know, don't think ahead. Don't think about winning and losing. When I think of myself, I I go back to when I just go, wow, I just played. I didn't get absorbed. in. Oh, we might lose. Never thought that way. Just play the game. And um, it's just going to be take chances, have them ready, and if the opportunity presents it, the coach must call those plays and take those chances. And whatever that is, if it means blitzing Andy Dalton, then do it. If it's, of course, you always should have some keep them honest plays on the offensive side. People call them trick plays. I call them cheating defensive plays that cheat too much. So we're going to take advantage of the fact that you're overplaying us. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, and a game like this that's emotional. You're going to see players fly around, especially early, and probably break some assignments, Mm -hmm. and will it cost them.
3: Interesting. Phil, it's funny, you mentioned Daniel Jones running and the importance of it. I feel like, and Paul and I have talked about this off the air, that there might be a little bit of a cat and mouse game going here, a little disinformation, a little subterfuge. You know, you mentioned Daniel Jones was on the media call yesterday, basically said, yeah, you know, you look at the tape, you can tell I can't really run, I have to be a pocket quarterback. Well, guess what, Jason Garrett said the same thing on a call today. Then Joe Judge reiterated that. Is there any chance here that the Giants are sandbagging this a little bit? We're gonna see like seven read options from Daniel Jones this week, yeah, you know and it'll run it all over the place.
4: Oh my gosh, that is so awesome! And I just think what you said is true,
0: and that is
4: great. If it is true, that's awesome. There's nothing like just you know planting something out there that's not true,
0: and if it is that
4: way, then yes, that'll be that's that'll be great, and he'll sneak a few runs in there before they figured out that, oh, his hamstring is pretty good or whatever. So, yeah, the fact that all three have said that, why would you say that to the opposing team yeah.
1: and ah.
0: give
4: them information about your team? So that, that that's a great – that you guys are – you've been listening to me at press conferences. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Phil, we,
4: I mean, we, listen, all, we also way, know
2: Bill Belichick and what, what he has taught Judge, too.
4: Oh, yeah, but you know what? It's so great that, that, as you say that, I go, oh, my God, it makes 100% common sense. So I, I think you might be right there. This is going to be interesting to see early in the game against the Cowboys.
2: Phil, i got to ask you about the, the night game because we all know that the Giants-Dallas winner is going to watch the Washington-Philadelphia game to find out their fate. What are your thoughts on the Washington football team trying to you know, lock up this division?
4: Well, you know, Washington needs to win ugly. There's no doubt about that. I mean, ugly. And they can do it. If Alex Smith, I think he'll be the quarterback. It sounds, I'm starting to get that vibe that he's going to be okay. Alex Smith is the right guy to lead the team in the game, to manage the game, to know the score, know to, you know, do his thing. You know, we call him check down Alex or whatever. If he does that, that'll be awesome. You can do that against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. But the Washington defense is really just keeps getting better. Uh, you know, they started the year out, to me, as a blitzing defense and just attacking, and they've turned into to rush their guys, and then their back seven has really played well. They're extremely organized, and they know they don't make mistakes, and they make it difficult on good passing teams and good offenses to throw the football. And I, it's amazing. It's really impressive. And then sooner or later, they know their front four is going to hit the quarterback, and and I would say this for the for the Washington front: if you let Jalen Hurts run, then you deserve to lose. That's all. So <laughs> you deserve. It. I mean, oh my God! You, you, you watch the game, even last week, Jalen Hurts fakes the ball and runs around the end, and you just go, "How could that happen, <laughs> uncontested?" Unless you're just truly not involved and know what's going on, or just trying to be make your own play. And the Cowboys had a couple of times you just go, that was awful. (laughs) And and I would pull the, if Bill Belichick, you did that with Bill Belichick back when they were really playing well, he'd sit you on the bench and you wouldn't start for about three or four weeks. But, but that's what they have to do. That's how I think Washington wins the game. I will say this. Jalen hurts has played uh, well. Um, his running is a real thing. His presence is great. You can see he's extremely calm. And their offense has gotten a little simple, I guess you would say, but it's a good simple because of the fact that you have to worry about him running. And that's changed their football team. And I, you know, I like the way they're playing. And I haven't looked yet to see if Flex, Fletcher Cox is it going to be okay or what his status is. I usually don't look at injury reports till Saturday because they lie all week. And then all of a sudden we <laughs> find out a little more. So it's an interesting game. Uh, I don't even know who I'm going to pick. I think I'm going to take the Washington football team if I had to pick it for real and be honest, just because I think they really, they're playing for something. They've got a great chemistry going, and if Alex Smith is there, he he'll know how to manage it too, and... Uh, they can get it done. That's not great for Giant fans, but that's just my real thought about the game.
2: For what it's worth, Phil, the Eagles apparently have released an injury report this morning for their status, and they're listing nine guys, including Cox, Barnett, and Deshaun Jackson, amongst others, as not being available for practice.
4: Hmm. Yeah, well, that could you know I never worry about that. It just tells me so many times those guys you're talking about. Rest is probably the most important thing, yeah. especially for Fletcher Cox, Deshaun Jackson. You know, he's he's running to pull a hamstring every time we look at him. <laughs> so, but I mean, as a positive, because you know, listen, it, it's amazing. I see him and go, wow, he looks as fast now as he did five years ago. You know, this fast. So that that's pretty amazing that he has recovered, but. Guys like that, guys with great speed and everything, and that quick burst—they're—they're—it's just tough, yeah. you know. Uh, they're always susceptible to pulls, things like that. But I, I would think a lot of that has to do with just resting the guys
0: and getting them.
4: It's just one day of practice at this time of year, especially Fletcher Cox. Just put him on ice the whole week, and then you know, put him in the hot tub real quick. Hey, Sunday, big guy, get out there and get it done. You know, I. So we'll, we'll see, but I. I think um, don't pay attention to injury reports right now.
3: All right, Phil. I got we got two fan questions. I'll let Paul ask the one on on, on Daniel Jones, big picture. I got one right. coming today from uh, Stephen Nixon, which is somewhat related. You can talk about just this year or big picture for the Giants' offense if you like. He simply wants to know what do you see as the major problem with the Giants' offense, where they're simply not scoring enough points.
4: Well, you know, talent's one thing always. Um, and, you know, I just think the playmakers—it's just not. By NFL standards, to where you want it. In other words, you know, just you, you got to have more than one guy or two guys. I mean, you see teams, you know, all the good. Look at the Buffalo Bills. You know, it's it's a little bit of both. It's the talent, but it's in it's Josh Allen who makes a lot of plays too, with a really good offensive line. So that, that that's where it all starts. If you have an outstanding offensive line, you're going to have a good offense. That's for sure. But I do think the the skill group of the Giants. They definitely have to hit on one or two guys during the offseason there. And then the the other thing is, too, Daniel Jones has just got to progress. And I think it's going to be a really big year, no matter what happens, if they make the playoffs or anything. I think next year is a big year for him where everybody's going to look up and go, we have no doubt he is the man. And that's what you want. And I think the team is slowly building its way towards where they have a chance to let their quarterback do that. And I, I think we got to see that because – even some staunch Daniel Jones people that I know are asking me the question all the time, what do you think is he going to be? And, and I go, yeah, I think so. But, you know, let, let, let's give it more time. Let's get a little more information before we throw everybody on the, on, on the scrap heap, you know. We're, we're a little too quick with that. And a great example, how about Mitchell Trubisky down in Chicago? How do you like me now? Huh? How do you like me? And it's It's amazing. It took him all this time,
0: these years,
4: to put him in an offense where he excels. And that's kind of hard to understand. You you, you hear this, oh, we're going to build the offense to our quarterback and all that. They didn't. They paid, even though he had some good moments. But now they're playing to his skill set, and he's played really, really well.
2: Phil, Robert Allen, our other uh, tweeter who wanted us to ask you about Daniel Jones being the guy, so to speak, for the future, as Joe Judge already this week alluded to, that that he feels he is the guy for for 2021. I guess as part of that question, because you've already addressed it to some degree, is what have you learned about Daniel Jones in Season 2 despite the sporadic offense and obviously him having to fight through some injuries?
4: Well, listen. It was a great thing that Joe Judge said it. Why did he come out and say that? To shut everybody up. Let's don't go in the off season. Oh, are the Giants going to go get another free agent or all this stuff? No, they're not. They're going to go with what they got. They got a good situation. McCoy McCoy's a, big, a very good, capable backup. And as the team gets better, he'll be a better backup. Uh, so, but like I said, I think I, I answered about Daniel Jones. It's been just okay this year. I understand the injuries and understand the situation. I don't judge quarterback on their numbers and everything. I judge them by the situation they're in and how they what they do in that and can they overcome it when it's not there. And I would say the one thing I haven't seen him overcome enough situations or not enough situations where it's really not there, but he just says, man, I'm just going to you know, whatever. There's so many ways to do it. With your play, with your uh, personality, everything, and that's all developed through practice and with the players where you can help will your teammates just to, to play better and, you know, to be that kind of guy. And, uh, you know, I see it all around the league, and uh, Daniel Jones, can he be that guy? Of course he can. There's no doubt physically he's an NFL starter and maybe a big-time NFL starter. So I'm just like the fans. I, I want to see it. I want to see the Giants give him a better chance with the skill around him. And then I think next year, like I said, we'll have a true assessment of Daniel Jones to know if he's the guy that you build on for the next 10 years. It'll, yep. be, it'll be interesting to see. Really big offseason, no matter what happens again, for the Giants, I think. They have to be the team that comes in there and can compete and, compete and be a team that we think has a chance to win 10 games. Mm-hmm. If you can do that... And it's going to be, you know, that, that's a great improvement.
3: I know we're a little bit over time here, Phil, but rapid fire. Just give us your two, three huge keys to the game if the Giants want to walk away with a win on Sunday.
4: Oh, I think, you know, not to give up big plays, number one. We're playing against a wide receiving group. They all can run, man. They can catch it in stride. Andy Dalton will find them. He's really in a groove. So make them check it down and be what they are, a great tackling team, and get them in those third downs. And then, you know what? Then it's a whole different game. But if they throw the ball up the field and make big plays, the Giants are not going to win the game. And the other thing is, too, they got to be patient. And the best way, I think, for them to win is to win ugly, to just mess it up. And, have, and the defensive front, I've talked about that. But on the offensive side, they got to make some plays. The wide receivers, we know that always. But can they find a way to kind of consistently or at periods – run the ball well against a team that I think is very still undisciplined enough up front where they can take advantage of it.
3: It's Phil Sims in the Sims Spotlight, presented by Bigelow T. Grab a mug and tea proudly. Phil, in case we don't talk to you next week, hopefully we do knock on wood. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show this year. We've had a lot of fun. I hope you've enjoyed it too, and hopefully we'll talk to you next Happy week. Happy New Year, Phil. Well,
4: yeah, listen, Happy New Year to you guys too. And, you know, of course, I always say this, the fact that we cover the AFC so much and everything and really... We, I don't know if we covered the Jets more than once the whole year, but <laughs> I don't mean – I'm not taking a shot at the Jets because I have a lot of friends down there. But it's just – so it's good to – you know, I've kind of enjoyed really paying attention to the Giants, watching their games, watching their tapes and all that, and learning more about them. And, and you know, I, I say this with a lot of teams. I say they're getting close. and But, you know, the hard thing is can you can you turn it over? That's the hard thing. I think they're getting closer. I see it, you know, the players, uh, all that, and now the hard part is, can you take it, let me give the old phrase, can they take it to the next level? (laughs) We're always looking for that next step and next level. But I think they're very close, and it's going to be interesting to see the future. Happy the New best, Year, Phil. Thank, thank you. Guys. Happy
3: New Year. Don't uh, don't party too hard tonight, my friend. All right.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Phil. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great Stay day. Stay safe, bud. Thank okay. you.
3: That's Phil Sims in the Sims Spotlight, presented by Big T. Grab a mug and T proudly. And Paul, hopefully that's not the last time we have Phil on. But again, uh, for the fans that have listened to that spot this year, it gets put up on YouTube, I know, and all that stuff. It really is just a, an unbelievable spot. He gives great insight from from a player that's been around and and see stuff that even we don't you know watching the tape each week it's, it's it's a lot of fun
2: oh it's tremendous and you know the passion that he has for the game is so important john because a guy who who does what he does to devote the kind of hours and manpower you know we talk about like Dave Gettleman watches tape till his eyes bleed well Phil Simms does the same thing yep he he is that into it he absolutely eats it up and and that's why i get so jacked up talking to him all the time
3: well, you're jacked up generally. I don't think exactly. It's,
2: it's <laughs> I don't know if that's really that. Big you know, of
3: we're we drawing the electricity from the same power plant. You know, real quick, and, and we do have a couple of calls on the line. I want to get to you. By the way, Big Blue Kickoff is presented by the New York Lottery. And now I got to get to the read Because I don't have this one memorized yet, because it's new. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes, uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots. A new game from the New York Lottery where you play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. And that is not a Paul Dottino-sponsored game, just, just just for the record. Lance well, if they want to hire me for an endorsement, I guess I could do that, right? Lance already expressed his displeasure on the air yesterday that it's like he's mentioning you in every one of these reads. So just FYI, be ready for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just want to bring up that question we asked, Phil. Yes, Because I think it's very interesting. I think we texted yesterday, and and I texted with a couple other people too, and we all were kind of raising our eyebrows like, wow, I can't believe Daniel said he's not going to be able to run it. He's going to be a pocket quarterback. And then Jason Garrett said the same thing today, and then Joe Judge kind of laughed about it and said, oh, I wish you know Daniel hadn't said that. So, you know, I don't know. Like, I've— We've been covering this I've been covering this team a long time Paul you've been covering it a lot longer than me I've never heard really someone be that forthright about their physical limitations which is why I think it kind of rings a warning bell for me like this is weird like <laughs> I don't know it just struck me as very very odd Well it certainly has
2: become the topic of conversation over the last 24 hours I don't think there's any doubt about that John and and I really believe that there's going to be a little bit of cat and mouse going on on the first couple of series, because you know the Giants are going to want to get into Dallas's head on it, and you know that Dallas is going to want to see and test and wonder what is Daniel Jones really got in his legs. So I, I you know, I think Phil's right about one thing for sure, and we can speculate all we want on either side of the fence here. But I think that one thing Phil is right about for sure, and that is you can't play timid because you're going to have to live on the edge. If Daniel Jones does have some mobility in his legs, he will have to use them. There is no sense in sticking,
3: sticking that ability in the cupboard because it's the final game. Yep. And you're playing for elimination, and it isn't like a hamstringer. you going to linger into next year anyway. So whatever. If he happens to re injure it a little bit, it's not like a big deal. You know what I mean? Well,
2: let's put it this way: if you win and advance into the playoffs, and well, that's you know, a big deal. It, it, it is a big deal, and I understand that that's a risk that, in my opinion, you have to take.
3: Yeah, but you know that, that's the point. You have to get in in order to take that risk. You yes. know what I mean?
2: And wor- worry about next week, next week. And that's the part that Joe Judge has been honest about with us
3: since day one, and that is you live in the present and you live for this week. No, he did say he will not put him in there if he thinks he can re-injure it. So just keeping all that in mind. The other thing I want to bring up, too, uh, which I think is interesting, that I, which is why I think it's really effective. Factor this week, and Phil mentioned it when he was talking about the Cowboys' run defense, which is which has just been a, a, abhorrent this year. It's just been terrible. Yeah, and you know, you go back to the Jalen Hurts game where he says he holds, he keeps the ball on these plays, and like nobody's there. You go back to when Dallas played Baltimore. I think that was a primetime game. Wasn't, uh, wasn't that that weird Tuesday night game they yeah, played, right, Baltimore-Dallas? Yeah, yep. There are a couple of plays where Lamar Jackson keeps the ball, and there's like no one within 20 feet of the game. I know. I mean, there are these like vacant lots of space on the offensive line where Leighton Vander Esch is running one way, Lamar Jackson's running the opposite way. So it's not just that, you know, Jones's mobility is generally a weapon. Against this Cowboys' run defense and the way they've played the read option this year, it could be a decisive, game-changing weapon if he can do it.
2: Interesting though, the, John, in that in Week Five, and I know the Giants had gotten an early lead in that game.
3: He only ran the ball twice. Well, they hadn't really unleashed Jones the runner yet at no, that point, though. Not, not really. You and know, that so, wasn't until Week what six or seven when they started running with him a started little bit doing against it Philly. More later on. It was that against is true. Philly? Wasn't it the Philly game where he yeah, first kind of did it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's when he really gained the national spotlight for being a runner. So, uh, yeah, look, here's the bottom line, okay? And I mentioned this when I laughed and said to Phil, you know, a four-yard scramble is great on third and four. If Daniel Jones doesn't run for a 25-yard burst, that's perfectly fine. But are his legs good enough? To get out of a third and four, third and five, and run for the first down if Dallas's defenders are kind of squashing the pocket on him. Right. If he can do that, let's say he runs for three first downs and none of those runs are longer
3: than five yards. John, that's a plus. No, absolutely. You yo, you make one or two of those big plays over the course of the game, it, it can change uh the nature of the game and exactly how it goes. All right, nine seven three, six six seven, nineteen sixty. I just want to remind fans that there is no call screener today since I'm on the air only of one line. So if you're hearing us and you're on the phone, that means you're the caller we're going to, okay? <laughs> so I'll bring you on us, who you are, where you're calling from, and then we'll do our call. The New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. So let's, Paul, let's go to our first call of the show, and we'll continue to break this game down as we take callers throughout the program. we got another half hour to go here. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from?
5: I'm calling from Orlando, Florida. My name is Ramon.
3: Ramon, what's up, pal? Hi. What do you want to say?
5: I have a question. I have two questions, actually. One, about Devontae Freeman, if he's going to play, and two, about Daniel Jones. I don't know why everybody keeps saying Daniel Jones is the future. Uh, we gave him the the, the, the season 2-0 and when they got rid of Eli, and now we gave him this year. Yes, he doesn't have Barkley, but he still has weapons. What's the big thing with Daniel Jones? Why not just, if he doesn't do what he's got to do against Sunday, which I think he, he will, but if he doesn't, get a quarterback in the draft and have and see what that quarterback can do. Because how, um, he's not Eli, so how many chances is he going to get to say, you know what, we're going to go somewhere else? Well, Ramon, well, look, I mean, look I mean,
3: generally I agree with the premise that if you have a chance to upgrade the quarterback position and get a guy that you think is going to be a super-duper star, you take it, okay? But... Here And this is a big B as in but. The Giants are probably going to be picking around eighth, all right? Unless they trade up, one of those quarterbacks probably is not going to be there when they select. So where is this obvious upgrade to Daniel Jones going to come from? That makes more sense than letting him go in, play his third year— and see, once he gets some better talent around him, gets more experience in the system, can improve next year. I think that that that's the piece of this that a lot of people miss. I understand the theory. If you can go get Patrick Mahomes, do I care if Daniel Jones is here? No, I don't. It's Patrick Mahomes is Patrick frickin' Mahomes. <laughs> but where are you finding Patrick Mahomes?
2: Yeah the, yeah, the, yeah, the the consensus from the people who I have had some conversation with – is that if you believe in Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, which most people do, okay, he's a franchise guy, but the reality is there's quite a drop to the next level, and you're hearing some three or four other names of guys who like could be prospects well, and, Paul, frankly, and legitimate, Fields but there's a in, drop.
3: And Fields and Wilson, unless the Giants move up to like fourth or fifth, and Wilson ain't going to be there when the Giants are picking at eighth. Well, they they probably won't because people overdraft quarterbacks. But those guys should not be drafted there
2: because they're not truly that. They're like Sam Donald guys. They never – those guys should not be picked up that high, but they will be. And they're just not franchise guys. Uh, Anyway, I would only ask you this, Ramon. Before you go, I would ask you this. Are you aware yeah. that the Giants quarterbacks have been sacked nearly 50 times this year and that, you know, Slayton, who we all were hoping to be a, a bona fide number one wide receiver this season, uh-huh. has been hampered specifically by a foot injury, which has turned him into more of a 1A receiver than a 1? Did, did you know that? Besides the fact that Saquon Barkley me. isn't there? I, I'm just not sure if you knew that stuff, that's all.
5: No, but do you guys think they're going to win on Sunday.
3: I think it's a coin toss game. Okay.
5: And do you know if Devontae Freeman is going to be available to help them run the running
3: game? Uh well, he he look. If they need him to play, he he will be available. They have not activated him yet. Uh, we'll know by the end of the week. He practiced last week a little bit. I'm sure they'll give him a go again this week. And they also have to decide if they think Freeman's an upgrade over Morris and Gallman, who they have in there, too. So that's the calculation, Ramon. We don't know yet whether he's going to be there. And thank you very much for the call. I think they're pretty happy with what they've got, Paul, from Gallman and Morris. I mean, could you add a third running back into that mix? Sure. Um, But I wouldn't expect him to become all of a sudden this, like, huge part of the offense after he's been out for all these weeks.
2: It's an interesting dilemma, John, and I I have a couple of reasons why I say this. Bear with me a minute here because, number one, uh, Freeman's eligible to come off of of the IR list. We know he had the the small bout with with the COVID contact tracing, but right now he is eligible to be activated for Sunday. He did practice in full yesterday. He did practice last week. So I would expect that he would be a viable option. Now, what do you ask yourself Before you make that move and pull the trigger, you say, well, let's see. Morris really doesn't play specials. Freeman really doesn't play specials. So you're probably not going to activate both of them behind Goldman. Then the other thing, though, that I think you have to ask yourself pass pro. I'll be honest with you. Lewis has been disappointing in his pass protection. He was responsible for two of the Giants' sacks last week in Baltimore. I was very disappointed, quite frankly. And you know, Goldman is okay
3: in pass pro. Freeman as a third down back is interesting. Ah, That's interesting. Yeah, see, now you go, you see where I'm going. That's interesting. Okay,
2: because I and Morris is really not a pass pro guy either. No, Freeman is a guy who can pass pro and a guy who can catch the ball and a guy who also can run the ball. I wonder. If, because of the situation, you would consider going with Freeman as your third down back and Dante Pettis as your kickoff returner if you were to deactivate Lewis. How about that?
3: I would be surprised if Lewis was a DX. I think there's a better chance that Morris would be a DX.
2: It's something I think would be considered. I don't know which way they're going to go but those would be the, the, the predicaments or the puzzles that I'd be sorting through as I try to find an answer.
3: 973-667-1960, 973-667-1960. Hey, Giant fans, get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants brand, debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account. At InvestorsBank slash Giants member FDIC. Let's go back to the phones. Call you're on the line with Paul and John. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Caller. Hello. Hello? Yes. What's your name? Oh, Where are I'm you calling in Jersey from? Jersey
6: City. Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I retweet and I, 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 I Paul know it when I say it. I retweet a tweet you guys did a show. It was with Lance, not with you, uh, John, about Josh Allen. He was fervent. Last season, that guy was going to be the best quarterback.
3: Yeah, which was which was BS, by the way. It was yeah. nonsense.
6: And um, as, a, as a Bills fan, I'll tell all these Giants fans that are just trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater, Daniel Jones. There's no quarterback, Sands Lawrence, that would be drafted ahead of Jones. This year, none. He mm-hmm. would probably be the second. Um, what mm-hmm. the Bills did with Allen, they got him digs. The year before that, they got him Brown. They and got him Beasley.
0: Beasley. Yep.
6: They got him sure-handed guys who do, they're not big, but they get separation. Yep. Something the Giant receivers have failed to do this year for Jones.
3: Shepard's the one that does it consistently, but it doesn't happen enough. That's correct. Yeah.
6: They got him Mitch Morse, dependable center offensive line. Something the Giants haven't really had. They've kind of had a turnstile at center to make all the, the, the protection calls, all the different adjustments. You guys just mentioned third down blocking that's something Barkley was great at. You know, he would always pick up, you know, linebackers, blitzers and Well, backers. he got
2: he got he was better in his rookie year and last year he had he had some some busted assignments and, and got beat on a few, but but certainly it makes a difference when you have a 2000-yard all-purpose back next to you in the backfield.
6: Well, I think the high ankle sprain kind of hurt him.
2: I agree with you. By that's the way, I do fair. and not enough people recognize that.
6: Yeah, but another thing that he offered you just from an aesthetic standpoint, he backs the defense off. He's yep. like, if this guy gets a crease, he's going to piece you out like the Eagles, something that they just haven't had. So, Giants fans, please slow down on Jones. I, a Free agent, I've advocated for Giants fans to, to scream for, Allen Robinson.
3: Oh, Robinson. Oh, I would love he, Allen Robinson. He's a, he's really good. Goal I got
2: I one for you. How about Goal. Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU?
6: Oh, as, a, as a free as a, as a no draft as a
2: draft choice he's probably going to be there in the mid to late first round which is in the vicinity of where the Giants are going to pick
6: i think the third i think for the third year he just needs that dependable veteran that 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 steady that guy's going to get open, he's going to get separation, and when I throw in the ball, he's going to catch the ball and he's going to teach the younger guys how to be a
3: professional. Yeah, Paul, Allen Robinson seems perfect for you. He's four. he makes contested catches. You should be all excited about Allen Robinson. You know, you,
2: you, you, you know six three himself. Yeah, but
3: he's, he's not. not he's
2: a, he is a skyscraper. Yes,
3: but he hasn't exactly proven in the league that he's a number one wide receiver like
2: Allen Robinson. No, I know, but the problem is cap-wise. I fear that the cap is not going to be friendly to the Giants as they try to re-sign the likes of Leonard Williams and we know that Ryan's already back in the fold but you know Tomlinson's also sitting there and i and i'm 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 of the opinion that you try to retain your players if you can and if you're going to have to stretch your cap a little bit and and make it a little bit painful that you'd be- rather do it with those guys and then you know go go for somebody in the draft at receiver because this is going to be another great wide receiver draft just an opinion
6: I just, in my personal opinion, I think every move that they make this offseason should be geared towards Jones. Yeah, Getting I agree. Getting the most out of him, protecting him, just making it the most evident, because they have to, I mean, the difference between the Bills this year and last year is Josh Allen's play. That is it.
1: Oh, that sure. Is,
6: he's sure. an MVP candidate. Him and Jones have a similar skill set. Jones, I think, is faster in a straight line. Um, So, Giant fans, trust me get this kid some weapons, get him a little bit more protection, get Barkley back, and he's made up of the right stuff. And I think they also both worked with Jordan Palmer in the offseason, and he's done wonders with Allen.
3: Yeah, and by the way, I I think the Bills' defense is actually probably taking a little bit of a step back this year, right? So Allen's actually had to probably even do a little bit more Mm -hmm. to, to, to get the Bills where they needed to go. And look, Allen's the... Allen is the, you know, perfect example and, and appreciate the call. Thanks so much. I think he made some great points from a, a non Giants fan perspective to give us some real um perspective. Well
2: see he's not emotional, John. That's right. why
3: he can think about exactly. things that way. And I think Allen is, is the perfect guy you talk about when it comes to being patient and letting a player develop. Now, the trick is that it doesn't always happen. It's not a universal thing. Some guys you can stick with for three years, and they don't change. You don't see that improvement. But Josh Allen's a guy that did. So I think that's what you hope happens with Daniel Jones, and it's pretty clear that the Giants intend – uh, to give him the chance to do that, and I don't, I don't know why we keep getting all these Daniel Jones next year calls of the week leading into a freaking playoff game. I am game. not sure either, but he
2: was a very intelligent caller, no, 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 no. And, and he had some really good points, so I wanted to address it. Oh I, no, Paul! I, I
3: wasn't upset at him. He was replying to a call that we had yesterday or two days ago. Brandon who called in and did like six minutes on this. I was it was yesterday's show with 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 Lance and Jeff, so he was just reacting to that mm. because the the caller made a point. Like by year 2 you always know if a guy is going to be no. you know a star quarterback. Ridiculous. So Lance and Jeff go back and forth and I, I was I was losing my mind. So I so <laughs> so I interrupted rudely and I said, "Wait, hold on a second. You're telling me you knew in a second year that Josh Allen was going to become a superstar?" He goes, oh, "I I I think you saw some signs." And I'm like, "No, nonsense." You didn't know last year. Look, you knew Josh Allen was supremely talented, but you didn't know he was going to put it all together in year three like he has. I mean, you can make you, the argument. You never know Allen the timing, a, John. No. You never know the timing. And, well, frankly, you don't know if it's ever going to happen. You know, I with, was always a, a Josh Allen guy. You know that. But yep. you
2: never know when it's all going to click. Yeah. Or, or for that matter, if the guy will get derailed.
3: Yeah. I mean, some guys, it never clicks. I mean, some guys have all That's the match. Natu- I mean, do you know how long people are waiting for Jeff George to click? <laughs> No, I'm serious. I know. People waited forever. It never happened. Yeah. You know, it's it's, right. it's just the way it goes sometimes with guys, whether it's circumstances or, you know, an injury or something. that Maybe the guy's just not as good as people mm-hmm. thought. Whatever the case might be, it happens. Yeah. But can we please talk about the game on Sunday? I know. I, I do
2: want to leave this thought, though, yes. and, and please let me make this clear because no, I don't want ahead. people to start slamming me on Twitter. You're right. I think Allen Robinson is perfect for what the Giants need. I just worry about the price tag. And that's fair. And how much it's going to hurt their defense if they got to go spend for him.
3: No, and that's fair. Look, and Al Robbins is going to be looking for, uh, you know, <laughs> $18, 20000000 a year, right? In that <laughs> you, neighborhood, probably. You better get a lot of lettuce from the grocery store for him. Now, quite frankly, it'll probably, you know, he it might be worth it because he is really good. I know. He is really good. Really I know. Good. But yeah, I'm with you. And I would still, depending on where you pick, Paul, you might have a chance to take Jamar Chase. It might be the better LSU wide receiver. I know well, he's not—I yeah. know he's not a skyscraper, which you, which you're obsessed with. But I, I, th- I think he's the better I player. Am. Anyway, nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Let's go back to the phone's caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
1: Hey, it's Brennan from California. Hey, Hi. Brandon, what's How up? You guys doing? Doing great. Hey, hey, I don't know if you guys touched on this uh, in, in the, the first fifteen minutes. I missed, but it looks like it's going to be cold, windy, and rainy for the game. <laughs>
3: Yes, it is. And um, I think anything that 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 can slow down the Cowboys offense is good for the Giants who want to just run, run, run. Uh, We actually talked to Phil Sims about that. And, you know, we all kind of agreed that given Andy Dalton's previous experience playing in Cincinnati, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, you know, those aren't it's it's not exactly Tampa. I think he'll be okay. But, look, I think anything that can slow down that Cowboys offense will will certainly help the Giants. You
2: know, his his receivers may not particularly be comfortable in that kind of weather. Yes. But I don't think Andy Dalton's going to mind.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. One thing I would say about Andy Dalton is, you know, he did get released from Cincinnati because he's pretty inconsistent. You know, he'll throw 400-yard games and several touchdowns, and usually that's followed
5: by four interception games. So Yeah, it's, see, I think, I think that
3: Dalton is more he doesn't – it's hard for him to get to that really high-level play, right? I think he's got a pretty strong baseline of performance where, you you know, he's a smart guy. He's going to get the ball out quick. He's going to make fairly good decisions, but he doesn't have an A-plus arm. He's not going to make these spectacular plays into traffic. He'll take what you give him, but when you play against some of the best defenses in the league, you know, maybe he's not going to do quite as well. So uh, I think the Cowboys will rel- – well, I think this is how the Cowboys are going to approach this, Paul and and and, and Brandon. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see if you agree with me. I think they're going to say, Andy Dalton, all right, here, here's the deal. We've won these last three games because we've only turned the ball over once and we've gotten ten takeaways. I want you to go out there. The Giants play a lot of zone. Take what they give you. If all they give you is a little six-yard shot, take the six-yard shot, throw it, fine. They're going to rely on those wide receivers to try to make some plays after the catch and try to let their playmakers win this game yards after the catch and then run in the football, too, after Baltimore had that type of success against the Giants last week. That's what I think Dallas' approach is going to be. I don't think we're going to see a vomit down the field, a bunch of 20-yard throws type of thing from the Cowboys' offense.
2: Yeah, I, I I agree with you in premise, John. I'd say I'm a little more concerned with the 10-12-yard to 12 yard pass than I am the 6-yard pass, but you know I know what agree I, mean. with, I agree with your mm-hmm. philosophy. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They want to be able to use their speed at the skill positions, and they're going to say, hey, Giants, you guys are going to play zone, which means there are going to be creases, there are going to be gaps, there are going to be holes, and we're going to want our guys to catch the ball, turn on the jets, and run away from you. I don't think there's any doubt about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you just you know run the ball, if they run the ball thirty-five times, and we don't even give them the ball back to do that, you know. So hopefully, we see a lot of Wayne train this weekend, and let's go Giants. Thanks for taking my call, Dan. Hey,
3: appreciate the call, Brandon. Good stuff, and that's the thing, Paul. You know, you talk about it and. This game sets up well for what the Giants do well offensively, and to, or what they want to try to do well offensively. It they can. haven't really done it yep. all that well recently. That's uh, the problem. But that's run the ball. But look, I think a lot of their issues running the ball the last three weeks, Paul, has been that has to do a game flow as much as it has their inability to run it. They've just gotten behind in these games, and it makes it very difficult to to stick with that run. Like you go back to that Seattle game, Paul. At halftime, the Giants did not have a ton of rushing yards. Correct. But they leaned on him, and they leaned mm-hmm. on him, and they leaned on him. And in the second half, they blew up. Well, you know what? You couldn't do the last three games because you were down three scores at halftime or shortly into the third quarter? No patience. Well, it's not that you have no patience. You, you can't, can't do, afford you, to do that. Right. Well, you can't have patience. Is right. You, right. Because of game flow. So, yep. to me, uh, and, and this is obvious because every game you want to get up to a fast start, but the Giants cannot get behind in, in this game. You know, that's when the Cowboys' edge rushers can start going nuts. You can have issues with Gregory and Alden Smith and Demarcus Lawrence. The Giants cannot be down like, you know, 20-10 to 10 or 24-10 or 17-3 at halftime of this game. You know, they could be down, that's fine, but if it's if it's a one-score game, that's okay. They just have to be able to keep this game close so they can stick to their game plan.
2: I agree with you, John, and I think if you're the Cowboys, you're going to come in thinking, okay, well, let's see, if we buy the, the stuff that's been talked about, Daniel Jones isn't going to run very much, if they want to buy that. And again, I think they're going to try to feel him out early in the game. So they'll say, all right, let's just worry about uh, the run game, Let's concentrate on Goldman. Let's concentrate on Morris. And Jones probably isn't going to be able to buy a lot of time for himself. And he probably, based on the offensive line, that hasn't played well lately, he won't have much time to throw the ball deep. So I expect that they are going to pack things in. Now, it's ironic because they played a dime against Philly virtually all night. They went with a three-two-six package. Which is absolutely, you know, not going to be what they do against the Giants. I promise you they yeah, will you, not yeah. go three-two-six. 2 six. You, you, you would certainly
3: think not, no.
2: No way. No way are they going to go three-two-six. That would be inviting the Giants to try to run this game into the ground, which is exactly to the Giants' favor. So I don't think they're going to do that at all. I think they'll go back to something that's going to be more heavy up front in the box and force Jones to avoid pressure and... And force him to try to beat them uh, with holding on to the ball and then throwing something longer.
3: Yeah, we didn't have a chance to do a show, Paul, and talk after that Ravens game. Were you a little su- when I went back and looked at the tape? Mm-hmm. I-, I was a little surprised by the by the defensive formation they came out to start that game. You know, they played that really tight three three five, where their three defensive linemen were all lined up inside the offensive tackles. And Mayo was kind of lining up on the edge and Martinez and Cratter off the ball. And the Ravens just ran it off tackle kind of away from the strength in the middle of the defense, right? Again and again, those first two drives and the giants finally got away with it. They went with a wider front. And I think that helped a little bit, but I, I think the Ravens really kind of figured out that front early for the Giants in that game, which really helped their running attack.
2: They did, but I understood why they did it, because it had been done against Baltimore earlier in the year. In fact, I believe the Patriots actually employed some of that. And what the idea is, is that, first of all, uh, the Ravens have some very good uh, yards-after-contact running backs who will take it between the tackles, but also Lamar Jackson does that. Yep, He's very good at running it between the tackles, especially on his options. So I think what the Giants tried to do at the outset of the game, my my guess is the philosophy was, and I can't tell you for sure because, again, these Zoom calls are so limiting in in the information that we get. My guess was at the beginning they wanted to say, okay, Lamar, we're going to take away all that stuff between the tackles by packing in with those five up on, on the line of scrimmage and trying to squeeze things tight in there so that, hey, Take a shot. If you really want to run out to the edge, we've got some speedy DBs who can come up and take care of you. And I also think they were trying to see if he would actually abandon some of his running and start to throw the ball. Now, it did not work. In fact, it totally backfired. But <laughs> I, un- I understand their thoughts going in. They had seen something that had been done prior and, that had been somewhat effective.
3: right? And the Ravens, you, B- 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 Ravens knew how to beat it. Yeah, and even if you go back, Paul, to that, I think it was Jackson's rookie year in that playoff game against San Diego when they played like six safeties, yep. and they played very small. I guess it's it's that type of thing to try to get some more speed on the field um, to, to deal with that. Anyway, I just thought it was – I had not talked to you about that. I was just curious to see what your take was yeah, on
2: that. Yeah, yeah, I, I understood what they did. It was certainly one of the options you could go with, and as with every option, John, when it doesn't work, it looks like a bad one.
3: Yeah, I mean – you must have been salivating, I mean, obviously not because it was happening against the Giants, but the way the Ravens approached that game with their power running attack with the extra offensive linemen in the first quarter, oh. you must have been salivating all over yourself. This you know, you know what's funny? <laughs>
2: you got you 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 know Vinny DeTrani, obviously course. the sage, mm-hmm. a my, a one of my mentors in this game and in this business, and I had given Vinny my blueprint for the game plan on both offense and defense on how the Giants could compete with Baltimore. I didn't know if they could win, but I felt they could compete. Well, at the end of the game, I looked at my checklist. Baltimore did everything
3: on my checklist. <laughs> the Giants did none. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I guess. alright nine seven three right, 973-667-1960. Uh, let's go back to the phones. But first, I want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery where you play, where you play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. Let's go back to the phones. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from?
1: Hey, this is uh, Michael from
3: Massachusetts. Michael, what's going on? Good morning, or good afternoon. What hey, i
1: got nice? a strategy uh, option for you guys. I just want to hear your take. Sure. Can we do a Belichick Super Bowl twenty-five defense against these, these Dallas Cowboys? In other words, let Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott run. Okay, uh, burn the clock up on the ground. Okay, hit
4: their, def- uh, their receivers hard. Okay, on routes outside, play tough. Red zone defense. What do you
3: think? I see where you're coming from. Here's the problem. Andy Dalton's not Jim Kelly. So I don't know if I like the idea of just Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard running for like 190 yards because I think if they allow them to, I think Mike McCarthy's willing to commit to that run game to do that. So – and if you go back to that Super Bowl, Paul, you know this. If, if Marv Levy and the Bills had gone to that run game early, they would have won that game, and they would have ran for like 230 yards in the game. They just didn't want to do it. I feel like Dallas would be more willing to commit to that run game if the Giants took that approach.
2: Well, I don't want to admit to anything, John. I do think that the Bills <laughs> the Bills certainly did not adjust.
3: No, they did not. And, and had they made the proper
2: adjustments – they would have had a better chance to win the game because they were significantly outcoached by the Giants uh, on that evening. Uh, I understand the caller's point because Phil was kind of describing that in a way by saying you got to overplay the pass. Flood the backfield and and stop Andy Dalton from throwing and beating you deep. Yeah, but he was depending
3: on the front to stop the run. He wasn't well, saying yes. let them run. He's like, well, no, I think Lawrence Tomlinson and Williams Correct. can take care of business with Blake Martinez.
2: Absolutely, and that and that's 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 the thing here. Uh, you know, you've got to be able to rely on those guys to do what they need to do up front, and quite frankly. I wouldn't mind seeing a few of those guys win a one-on-one matchup every once in a while and get into Dalton's face. Yeah, that
3: hasn't happened much the last
2: few weeks. No, it hasn't, John. And I, uh, maybe you can tell me why, because I've been a little bit perplexed by that. Well, no, I'll be honest.
3: I thought Leonard Williams had a. Cl- he did. Watching is funny. Yeah, Leonard watching, had a few spots. Watching the game live, I didn't notice him at all. When I watched the game back on tape, I thought mm-hmm. Leonard Williams played better than I thought watching it live. He did. He he was by far the best of the linemen.
2: But but um and and I know I will say this and I I, I know the caller wants to get another point, so I'll make it really, really quick. The last three weeks, you had the two scramblers and then Mayfield, who rolls the pocket a lot side to side. Okay? Dalton is not nearly as mobile or as much of a runner or as much of an escape artist as any of those guys.
3: He's more static, to use a word. He's
2: more sackable. How about that? (laughs) He's more sackable. (laughs) Uh, He's been sacked in nine of the ten games that he's played this year. So he's more sackable. In, In light of that, I I do believe the Giants, because of their containment policy up front, did take their feet off the gas a little bit with their defensive fronts because of the quarterbacks they were playing. I agree with that. You better not take your foot off the gas against Dalton. You better go after this guy.
3: Cole, what else you got?
1: I was just going to say that, uh, you know, by uh, them running the ball and and us having a good run offense, which is our best uh, offensive threat, we keep the score down low. And uh, we could, uh, you know, win the ball game. That's my point. Anyway, guys, have a happy New Year, and uh, have, uh, we'll see you next year.
3: Hey, you too, man. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. And this is the point I think it's 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 interesting to talk about here, Paul, when you think about the Giants' defense and how they're going to handle this. I've been trying to get a feel for exactly how much better Dallas is playing the last three weeks, and I just keep coming back to the fact, and let me see if I can pull this number up. I'm not sure if I have it in front of me or not. I think I do. The takeaways? Yeah, and the points of is I had that in the it's article 10. I sent in to you and Dan. Yeah, but I have the points off the takeaways. Oh, That's okay. what I was looking for. So in the last three weeks, they have ten takeaways and one giveaway, right? Remember, all year Dallas was in the bottom of the list in the NFL in terms of turnover ratio. Right. Well, they've turned it around completely the last three games. They're plus nine. And here's the thing. You know, people talk about, oh, Andy Dalton's really comfortable. The offense is doing great. This and that, this and that. Paul, 48 of the Cowboys points the last three weeks have come off the of takeaways yeah. and not all of those are on short fields. They're not, but enough of them are where it's significant. So I think the people that are making it out that this Cowboys offense is the same that it was with Dak early in the year when they just throwing up a 450. It's not that explosive. It's I not agree. to that level. Now to Phil's point, I think the defense is a little bit better the run defense I don't think is much better, but I think the pass defense is not giving up quite as many big plays. I think that's been a slight improvement towards the end of the season. So I, I have, a, I don't know. I wonder how much of this Cowboys success the last week has to do with the opponents they're facing. You know, you get Nick Mullins was giving the ball away. Then you had Cincinnati, who's had all sorts of issues with mm-hmm. you know with Joe Burrow getting hurt, and then Philly last week, who has been playing better, but it's still a rookie quarterback and Jalen Hurts making his second or third start, whatever it was. So, I think a lot of their success has to do with that, and I don't think the offense is quite as explosive as people are making it out to be. But I think that's why when I when I asked the first question to Phil um, Paul was, "Look, to me, both these teams this year are so linked." to that turnover ratio number every week in terms of whether they win or lose. That's why the Cowboys started so bad. That's when the Giants went on their win streak when they were winning that. Now the Cowboys are on their win streak when they're Mm -hmm. getting all the takeaways. So to me, if these teams are even in terms of takeaways at the end of the game, I think they're fairly evenly matched. So uh, to me, it's just a matter of what team goes at and plays better. I think the you know the turnovers and plays off of that have a lot to do with it. Even go back to the first game, right? Fackrell had that return for a touchdown. The Giants scored another touchdown off a uh, Dallas turnover in that yep. game. So it, Dallas it,
2: had a fumble recovery off of Jones. One for or a touchdown.
3: two, yeah, one or two big plays, turnover a turnover, takeaway, a missed know. tackle in the defensive backfield that turns into a big play for either team. That's what's going to turn this game. It really is. Some player is going to make a really good play, and that's going to be the difference. Or somebody's going to make a really bad play, <laughs> and that's going to be the difference.
2: Yeah, John. I think it's going to be as true as ever that this game is going to be lost and not won. I agree. You know, and and the thing about it is, when you talk about turnovers, and it's one of the reasons why I said it last week during the pregame, and and, and I wasn't I wasn't like trying to insult you in any way. Oh, I know that. But turnovers. The thing about the turnovers is you know especially if it rains a slippery ball a bouncing ball a tip ball and those are so fluky you can talk about and analyzing schemes and talent all you want a lot of times turnovers are pure luck without any association with talent or skill. Oh, no, they are, and that's why when you and that's go... that's what on... makes it
3: so difficult, well, That's right. what makes it disgusting. Well, that's the thing. That's why when you go on a winning streak, like Dallas is on now, right, with the plus nine in three games, and quite frankly, Paul, let's be honest, like the Giants were when they were on their four-game winning streak and they were plus eight over those four games, I think you take that with a grain of salt, right? You have to. Because turnovers are fluky, and with it's the... hard to repeat that. The ter- turnovers are, are haphazard,
2: and... It... To most most percentage, it's it's haphazard. There'll be some that you, yes, you can create, make a bad. Now, a I, really good play. I, but. I,
3: I do think, Paul, I think you can control your turnovers offensively more than you can control your takeaways defensively. because I, I, I think your takeaways, I agree oftentimes depends on the offense making a mistake. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that premise, John. And I think the other thing that also deceives people and
2: sways them a lot is, as you said, the level of competition. Look, the Giants have just come off of two surging teams in Cleveland and Baltimore, and that helped make them look bad. You know, Parcells always said, you're never as good as you look, you're never as bad as you look. Opponents matter, Paul. They sure do. And we knew that the Giants' schedule down the stretch, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, going into this Dallas game, we knew that that final
3: month of the schedule was going to be really rocky. Yeah, by by the way, the the final month was going to be bad and the first month was going to be bad and, and behold, look what happened look what happens yeah which is why it hurts so much that they gave away
2: that first philly game yeah okay uh you could argue about you know they give the, the officials kind of helped a bit when the first dallas game you talk about the, the chicago game which came right down to the very end and you know uh, oh, i don't even want to talk about that the rams game that's why you can't give away games when you give away games in this league, when you live in that that quicksand of
3: mediocrity, it will come back and haunt you. All right, I will call her on the line. I know we're over, Paul. But I we have, know but, we are, but but we have no show tomorrow, so and we're you, having a good time. We are, and I think we're having a good conversation. <laughs> so if you go a little over, we have no show tomorrow. It's not a big deal. All right, All right John. Paul, you're on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Rick, Tampa. Happy New Year, guys. Happy you New too. Year, Rick. What is it down there? Like I eighty-five really, and sunny? You bastard. You, you know, he
1: yeah, heard you mentioned the weather. Yeah, it's 85 and sunny. I'm out by my pool. It is beautiful, my friends. Beautiful. Super Bowl will be here this year. Hey, listen, real quick. Um, two things. One is that Phil, when you when you were talking to him, it's the exact question I was going to ask you. Do you think that they are uh, trying to bluff a little bit about his uh, running ability? You think they're throwing it out there to take them off their guard, to think that Daniel Jones can run. So that was the first one. I, I kind of was thinking that maybe is the case. And then if you just stack it up real quick, running game, Dallas. Quarterback, I'm going to give the Dallas much more seasoned. Defensive rush is going to be Dallas, and wide receivers is going to be Dallas. So what in the world is there a chance – For the Giants to actually win this game, when you take that, give me your one player in the defense. That's the only thing I could think of. Uh, two. There,
3: There, there are two things, Rick, where I think the Giants hold a very big advantage here. One is their ability to run the football. Dallas's run defense is a disaster. It is as bad as bad gets. So the Giants can control this game with their running attack. Uh, Dallas has given up more 20-yard runs and 10-yard runs than any team in the league except for one, the Houston Texans. So you can get big chunk plays in the run game. And I think the other place, and Paul kind of brought this up earlier, we didn't expand on it much, but to me, this Cowboy offensive line, who is has missing all we haven't even mentioned them yet today, Paul. They're missing all of their stars, right? Travis Frederick retired, Tyron Smith season ending in surgery, Lyle Collins season ending surgery, Zach Mar now with a calf injury. He hasn't practiced. He's not gonna play this week. So they have a bunch of nobodies, to be quite frankly with you, plus Connor Williams and Joe Looney on their offensive line. They've played better. They've actually had the group together, I think, for the last three or four games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's been I think, about a month. Yeah, it's true. and they're playing a little bit better. But I think a big part of that is, A, the team's been able to play with the lead. And I think I I went through the numbers. Andy Dalton has the fourth lowest average time to throw in the league. He's getting rid of the ball extremely fast. Which And we talked about it when the Giants went on their winning streak and their offensive line looked good too, right, Paul? Mm -hmm. Where the quarterback gets rid of the ball, you protect that offensive line. Well, Dallas has been doing the same exact thing. So I think if you can get Dalton to hold the ball a little bit, I love – the Williams Lawrence Tomlinson matchup against Looney Connor Williams Connor McGovern Terrence Steele Brandon Knight. If I asked an average NFL fans who those guys were, they'd have no idea who those guys were. Well, that's who's gonna try to block that down with that Giants defensive line. So if you can get quick pressure up the middle against Dalton. I think that's the key for the defense and stop the run with those guys, too. And then offensively, you run the ball. To me, those are the two things that you can do to win this game if you're the Giants. You know,
2: the word that I used with Phil, and again, I don't know how much of that conversation that you heard earlier during the program, Uh, it all comes down to the trenches once again. You can talk all you want about the skill positions, the running backs, the receivers, the tight ends, the quarterback. No, 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 no. This game is going to be one in the trenches. That is always going to be the starting point. And if the Giants can okay. win the trenches, and they certainly have the personnel to do it, they'll win this game.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's have Logan Ryan have a big game. We paid him. Let's, let's, he'll go out there. And let's have him, let's take it, take it to, take it to the, take it home this week.
3: Thank you, Rick. Right.
1: Happy New Year, guys. Happy you New Year,
3: buddy. Two things I want to add, Paul, really quick. Yeah. I know we're way over, but at this point, who cares? We're over, over. <laughs> whatever. <Okay>. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you don't have anything to do, right? You're good?
2: No, I'm, You're fine. well, I'm fine until 1.30, uh, I guess, when we get to players, yes, right? Yes, yeah,
3: yeah, and trust me, we're not going that long. Okay. So don't worry about that. <laughs> um, I think the couple things are interesting in this game when you match up against uh, these Dallas receivers, and I think there are two parts of this that I, that I think are interesting. One, do you decide to put Bradbury on Cooper? You know, he's their number one target. He's their best receiver, best route runner. But he's a short and intermediate guy. He's not going to kill you with deep passes. He might run after catch, but generally speaking, he's not like a, a super-duper deep threat. He can do it, but he's not like great at it. If I'm Dallas, though, and I see Michael Gallup lined up one-on-one, even if it's a cover three and he has deep responsibilities with Isaac Yadam, I'm just going to chuck the ball up to him and trust that dude to make a play one-on-one. Why wouldn't you? He's that good at it. Why wouldn't so you? So do you almost think about putting Bradbury over there on Gallup to help prevent the big play. Bradbury's so good at being physical and playing the ball in the air and then giving Yottam some help with Cooper and giving Darnay Holmes some help with Lamb, which is also going to be a big challenge, by the way, in the slot. I just wonder how you're going to work those matchups. You know what I mean? John, I think
2: that's one of those things that Patrick Graham kind of alluded to when he said that you got to make adjustments as the game goes on. I really believe that maybe you start out one way, and then if it's not working out after a series or two, maybe you start to flip it the other way. Uh, Look, the thing thing that I find interesting, we know what Bradbury is. He's been just outstanding all year, and he's going to the Pro Bowl. That's wonderful. But Yadam has been inconsistent for me. You know, he started off rocky and rough. Then all of a sudden, well, three, four-game stretch, he's playing really well, and he's physical, and he's got some size to him. And then, uh, okay, now the last couple of games, he's missed some tackles, given up a little too much cushion, and not played so great. So uh, I think that Graham's got to be able to be quick on the adjustment if if he doesn't
3: see what he likes. The other, And the second point I didn't get to before, you know, Xavier McKinney basically took Julian Love's free safety snaps yeah. last week. Yeah. He played 48, I think, defensive snaps. hmm It's going to be a big responsibility on him. If, if When the Cowboys do run those long developing routes, they run a lot of those deep over routes. So McKinney's going to have to decide, does he take the crosser? Does he help on the deep guy? he's going to be really tested for the first time this week in that free safety spot against a team that's going to take shots. We know how good the Ravens are. They don't take big, deep shots down the field. They just don't do it. But Dallas will. So I think McKinney is going to really, really be tested this week in that free safety spot if he does take all of Love's snaps in that position this week. How much time are you going to play, John? How much dime? How much? How much nickel? You're gonna to have to play nickel a
2: ton because Dallas is is gonna go with the three wides all the time. Well,
3: right? I imagine you're probably gonna see. I mean, I think you'll probably see a lot of, you know, two linebackers with peppers. I, I mm-hmm. think that. I think that's kind of what you, that is. Basically, the Giants, you know, base defense, right? right. Where you're right. gonna see peppers as that, you know, linebacker. You'll see the two edge guys with the. With the two bigger guys in the middle, and, and then you'll have Peppers and Martinez as kind of your two quasi linebackers.
2: So you're gonna think a lot of three-two-six. Like well, what what Philly was doing last week, or what Dallas did against Philly last week, you think you'll see a lot of three two six?
3: Well, I, I think it depends what you call those edge guys. Like, are you considering Carter Coughlin, and if he's playing as a as a down lineman in a four man front, are you counting him as a linebacker, or you counting him as a defensive line? Yeah, I know, I know. You know that's what I mean? That's the problem. So, that's the
2: problem because the front, the, the number of guys on your front aren't necessarily the schematic
3: number. Right, and that's right. That's the problem. So. I'll put it this way. I think the Cowboys, look, they run 70% 11 personnel, right? They run three wide receivers all the time. Correct. So you're going to have to have three corners out there. Correct. You have You've got to be nickel for sure. And I think you're going to have three safeties out there. But I think Peppers is going to act as a linebacker in those situations, okay? So mm-hmm. I think you're going to have six defensive backs with Peppers playing at that linebacker spot. And then you're going to have, I think, four players at the line of scrimmage. So whether that's Leonard Williams as one of the ends or as one of the tackles and whether it's Jabal Sheard or Kyler Fackrell or Carter Coughlin, I think you'll have four men on the ball at the line of scrimmage. You'll have two guys at the linebacker position off the ball, and then you're going to have those five defensive backs kind of in the defense. Well, look at basket. it this
2: way. If any of those linebackers, if it's Coughlin or if it's Fackrell, they're going to be stand-up linebackers on the edge. You're not going to put them down in the dirt like they, they did last year a lot of times with Golden or with Carter. They're going to be standing up. Okay? So I'm going to call them uh, a linebacker. So I will say you're talking about a three-two-six is really what you're talking about. I think, even though even though even though you may have four or five guys up on the line, it's really a three-two-six. I
3: think it's almost like, and you're going to laugh. I think it's almost like, a, I mean, I guess if you want to count Frackle as a linebacker, I think, and you want to count, I think you're almost going to see a lot of a a lot of two-three-six. Then, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of two of Williams, Tomlinson, Lawrence, and then those oh, two, two down, two in the dirt. Yeah, I I, okay. I think in 11 personnel, look, you aren't going to see that a lot on first down, obviously, when the Cowboys have no. a good chance of running the ball. No. But I think when you get to passing situations, you're going to see a lot of I would know, agree with you. 2 4 five, you know, 2-3-6, uh, to be I, honest with you. I it. would not only agree with you,
2: I wouldn't be shocked if you only see one linebacker at times in third and long.
3: Yeah, but, it, Martinez but again. Martinez may
2: be the only linebacker on the field.
3: Right. Right, but then you're counting those two other linebackers as, as front players, as edge players. You yeah, know what right. I mean? Correct. Right. Which is why it gets very confusing with the linemen <laughs> in positions and all that stuff. And we just talked ourselves into circles. So yes, we just did, and we fine. confused everybody. All right, and we're at 115. So we we better go. We have to go. Paul, good Happy stuff, New my Year. friend. I really appreciate it. Happy New Year. Great Stay show. Safe. Great show. Yes. Phil, as always. Love yeah, him. Phil was great. I thought we had good conversation. I thought the callers today were were also very, very strong. Good job, guys. Big Blue Kickoff Live was presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery is introducing their new game, Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery, where you play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. Paul Dottino has a lot of money he's giving away, folks. Play, and he will give you (laughs) all of his money. Big Wheel Kickoff Live is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of all of our shows on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and all of our favorite podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five star positive review if you like what you hear. We thank Phil Sims for joining us in the Sims Spotlight, presented by Bigelow Tea. Grab a mug and tea proudly. Again, no show tomorrow. It is New Year's Day, but we will be with you for the pregame show on WFN here in New York at 1130 on Sunday on our radio network outside of the WFN broadcast radius. Our pregame starts at noon, and, of course, Bob, Carl, and Howard will have the play-by-play at 1 And then they will join you on the post-game show as well afterwards. And, Paul, do you want to give our MSG programming over the weekend so people can check that out too? You're more in tune to that than I am.
2: Yeah, sure, folks. Uh, Don't forget, uh, first and ten on uh, MSG has, uh, I don't know, it's between eight to ten showings, I believe, every weekend.
3: You will find uh, and, it on MSG or, or MSG2 or MSG Plus at all times yes, over the weekend.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, in fact, I'll have a one-on-one conversation with Daniel Jones, and we will talk about all kinds of things, including the specifics of this Dallas defense. The premier program is Friday at 6 p.m. on MSG. And, again, check your listings because they do have encore performances all the time.
3: And I think Sunday at 10. Isn't it on Sunday at 10 every week, I think, too? Is that I a, believe that's a, the last showing, yes. I, I believe so. And, by the way, that Daniel Jones interview will also be heard on our radio pregame show um, on Sunday. So make sure you go check that out. For Paul Dottino, I am John Schmelk. Thanks so much for being with us on this supersized expanded edition. And Lance Middle's not even on, on Big Blue Kickoff Live. For Paul DeTino. I'm John Schmelke. We'll see you next time, everybody. Stay safe.